Hi guys, welcome back to episode four of Cheesy Chats with Emmy. I'm so happy to have you here. I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but I am currently live from Paris. So welcome to this season of my life. It's called Emmy in Paris. Um, But yeah, no kidding. That is a big bomb I had yet to drop on the pod, I think. So I actually am studying abroad in Paris for the next six months. And you might be wondering, first of all, how am I doing it? Because I have a business, but Thankfully, I have an incredible team back in LA who's working diligently, who are working diligently to make sure that all of our events go smoothly. And we are closing down orders on like Mondays and Tuesdays. So no biggie, but we're going to take a little bit of a break. But besides that, everything is going swimmingly well. Um, I am here in Paris studying abroad through USC's Marshall School of Business. If you didn't know, I'm a junior at USC. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been so wonderful. I got here three weeks ago. I have been eating cheese and pizza and pasta to my heart's content and also French food because I know that that's Italian and I feel like a lot of people mix that up. But um, yeah, I've been having steak frites and lots of eggs and delicious baguettes and just really enjoying all of the beauty in the culinary world that Paris has to offer. It's just been so wonderful. I even last night went to the little grocery store in my neighborhood here and I got a bunch of these random like candies and snacks that apparently you have to try while you're living in Paris or in Paris. Um, So I'm going to be making a video on TikTok about it because I'm easily influenced and they're actually, if you know me, you know one thing. I love a good rotisserie chicken rotisserie chick is my is my thing i'm i'm obsessed and they have a lays flavored potato chip so go ahead to tiktok if you want to see it because i probably at this point will have already posted it but anyway yeah life is good here in paris i'm i'm really enjoying myself and i'm super excited i'm gonna try to put out a lot of content surrounding my life here um more so on tiktok i think than on instagram but if you guys want to see more of it on instagram let me know But yeah, I've been trying to document everything and also just be in the moment and enjoy myself and plan some fun trips that I really want to take and go visit some creameries. Like there are these guys that I met from the International Cheese Awards out in the Netherlands and I think I'm going to go visit them. So wish me luck. It should be fun. Apparently they're like eighth generation Gouda cheesemakers, which if you didn't know this, the correct way to pronounce Gouda is not Gouda. That's like an American thing. It's Kauda. So I'm going to go try some kauda in, um, yeah, in the Netherlands. So that's an update on me. And also in other news, Trader Joe's just released their best cheeses and best like products of the year. I didn't really know that that was a thing. So I think I'm late to the train on that. And I posted an Instagram story about it because I, if you know me, I love a good Trader Joe's cheese. I think I've tried almost every single cheese in their cheese case. Um, I'm not even kidding. It's not an exaggeration. I have. It's been one of my life goals. And when they came out with the best cheese of the year, let's just say I was a little flabbergasted. I was taken aback because I don't know if their goat cheese is really anything to write home about. And for, for context, the number one, hold on, let me get my phone so I can make sure that I'm saying this correctly. Okay, so the number one cheese of the year for Trader Joe's was their goat cheese. Just goat cheese, not the honey goat cheese, just the goat cheese, which I don't know. Is that is there anything special about that? I'm not sure. Um, now, when you get into the two, three, four, and five category, that's when it starts to get a little controversial in my opinion. So their number two 
was their Syrah-soaked Toscano cheese spread and dip. I personally didn't even like it. I, it wasn't even like, oh, it's not my favorite. Like, it, I just didn't even like it. I thought it was like, it was better than the other dips that they've come out with, like the unexpected cheddar dip. But I didn't think it was anything incredible. So yeah, there's that. Um, number three was burrata. I also don't think that their burrata is really great, objectively speaking. Like, if you look at what they have to offer and then the quality of the burrata, it's not great. Number four, Toscano cheese with black pepper. I think that that one's, that one's valid. I would move that up the list a little bit. I think that it should be at least a two or a three. It's really great. It tastes like cacio e pepe. Like, if cacio e pepe took form in a hard cheese, that would be it. And then number five is their English farmhouse cheddar with caramelized onions. You know I love that cheese. Um, it's one of my favorites for sure. So I think that that's warranted. But I I was just, I was a little bit shocked. I think that... First of all, why did they not consult me first? I feel like I know what the people like and the people don't like the goat cheese as much as they like other cheeses. So I'm a little angry about it, Trader Joe's. Listen to your people. I don't know what the voting process is like also. Like how do they figure out who's going to vote on it? Because I don't think that they tapped into the charcuterie millennial girly market because I feel like we all have a voice that was not heard. Okay, apparently the reason why Unexpected Cheddar was not on the list, because that is my favorite cheese from Trader Joe's, is that it won so many years in a row that it's just been taken off the running. It's just been taken out of the running. So, I mean, that's, I guess, expected, but I would have loved to see some other items up there, such as the blueberry, why not Why not the blueberry goat cheese? Like, that's that's a fire one. I think that that, that would have done better higher up on the list. Um, so yeah, I'm not really happy about that, but whatever. In other amazing news, um, I got a really random email like a few days ago, basically, and it was saying that it was from this woman who works for Desperta America, which apparently is like a network in Mexico, I think, um, or maybe it's a Spanish TV show anyway, but she was like, hey, Sofia Vergara is coming on our show. We're polling from a bunch of different people to surprise her with like a little montage video of all these different people and we want to include a clip from you just saying how thankful for you are for her in your life and like congratulating her on her new show Griselda first of all I was like this has got to be fake like there's no way because it kind of looked like a little it was a little janky I'm not gonna lie the email was not looking like it was for sure coming from a n- television network so I was like oh okay whatever anyway so I'm like you know what I'm gonna respond And I'm going to document the journey on TikTok. So I posted a video like of me filming my 30 second clip saying thank you to Sophia, thinking like, okay, if if it ends up somewhere, that's great. If she ends up seeing it, incredible. If not, no worries, whatever, it's fine. Um, But it was so funny because I sent it over to this woman via WhatsApp, mind you. So I'm like, it, it got sketchier as the time went on. I was like, are we really doing this right now? But anyway, sure enough, she sends me, I get a, first, first off, I get a message from a follower saying, oh my God, I just watched Despierta America this morning, you were on it. And I was like, wait, no way. So then I email the woman and I'm like, hi, just wondering, or I actually WhatsApp messaged her, but I was like, hi, can you like send me the clip if you have it? And she was like, absolutely. And I literally recorded myself. I was bawling. Like I, I was in shambles. I mean, 
first of all, I think if you watch the video, like the full clip, I think Sophia has no idea who I am in the first five seconds. And then I say like Emmy from Sophisticated Spreads and then they show the photo of like her with the cheese board. And then I think it starts to make a little bit more sense. But honestly, it was like, it was the most... I don't know, just gratifying experience, like being able to thank her, even though it wasn't in person. And I know she knows that I'm so thankful. Like we've corresponded back and forth, but she's just, she's such a queen. And she really is like the definition of class. Like the fact that she was able to deflect, like I was thinking her and instead she was like, no, it's you. Like you're so deserving, you're blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, she's amazing. She's so selfless and um she's like the prime example of what a celebrity should be because I've met some celebrities and my expectations have not been met and with her she just she exceeds them every time she's such a amazing person and I'm so grateful to know her kind of um and just be in her like orbit because she's amazing so anyway also I did reach out to her assistant because in the clip she's like I want one of your large woven trays and I was like yes like that product placement baby but then I was like okay so I texted her assistant I was like hi can we please get Sophia aboard this week and like spoiler alert I'm working with this girl who does um these really amazing like hand designed cookies and she's gonna make them with like designs of Griselda and Sofia Vergara and the Colombian flag and like all these fun things and we're gonna put it on a board because Sofia loves chocolate and like anything dessert like so I'm really excited so hopefully she really likes it and maybe post a story and if not just really enjoys it because I'm really excited it's gonna be fun um anyway okay so welcome to episode four this episode is going to be about our business highs and lows. I did a poll on Instagram to see what kind of episode you guys wanted for this one. And so I decided to make a episode dedicated to all of our successes and failures because I think it's important with our culture right now. There's such a fear around failure, like, you know, with the whole kids who get awards for everything because they don't want to be a loser and like, that sort of thing. Um, I just think that people are really ashamed of sharing moments about failure. And I flipped the concept on its head kind of in the beginning on TikTok and Instagram. When social media would be considered a highlight reel, I was like, let's make this authentic. Let's start posting the highlights and the lowlights. Like, let's start sharing about the times that we've really screwed up with the business. Like, you know, if you've seen on reels and Instagram and everything like sharing more authentic stories because when you have a business like yeah maybe eight times out of ten things go right but there are two times out of ten or maybe it's more or maybe it's less whatever where things go wrong and they can go very very wrong and I've been in that situation more times than I would like to admit and I think that a lot of people just don't want to share that because it's like embarrassing or shameful or whatever but It's actually been one of the greatest reasons why I've been able to build a community is because I think I am authentic and I talk about when that stuff happens. And so I'm really, I'm really happy to share that sort of thing. And actually it reminds me of my grandpa Newport because he was the one who the coochie coochie coo board, if you saw on on TikTok and Instagram, which like my first ever viral video. Anyway, he had this one saying that was, was zig when others zag. I don't know if that's like a common saying or if that was just a him thing. But I think that when everyone else is zigging, I'm going to zag and I'm going to share the business failures um, and that sort of thing, because I think it's important. And also, 
Another thing that this reminds me of is that Gary Vee, I know I quote him like every single podcast and I'm not just doing this because I'm like a business girly, but I actually love everything that he has to say. But he talks about how like people are super loud. There's such a loud amount of people on on social media that are negative and that it's important to be, be like louder. Like the happy people in the world should be louder because there's so much negativity out there. Like when you listen to the news or like on social media, it's just negative stuff. And so like the happy people that are loving life and doing well and feeling success should be louder. And so I think that that's why I'm also like, I'm also happy to share the moments of the business where we've had great success because I also think that people are able to rally around and they feel a little bit of joy. And that's all I'm trying to do. Starting off strong, I guess, would be the Malibu Farmer's Market. Some might say that that was a failure. When I first thought that this was a great idea, my harebrained concept for me to become a vendor at the Malibu Farmer's Market selling artisan cheese. So at this time, I guess I was pretty much 19 years old and I had about three months of selling cheese under my belt. I was a devoted cheese purchaser from Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, but besides that, I didn't really know much about cheese. I was still trying to break into the industry, but anyway... I thought it would be a great idea to sell cheese at the Malibu Farmer's Market, not really realizing that you kind of have to have more qualifications than I thought. So anyway, and I also underestimated a few other things because when you show up at 6 a.m. and you're selling your cheese at the market from like 7 a.m. until 2 p.m., what most people are buying are groceries for the week. And although a nice truffle cheddar might be like a splurge moment, nobody wanted to buy a cheese board like So my cheese boards that I was spending all this time waking up at like 4.30 in the morning to make actually were not selling. So that was really great. Um, The hummus woman that was next to me, she she was a queen. She and I used to do this little barter system where, because soon into me being at the Malibu Farmer's Market, I realized that some might say that this is a failure of a venture, but now I've already poured in a bunch of money for the permits and for my tent and for my coolers and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna ride it out for like six months Every Sunday for six months, I was there at that market and I was, you know, selling my cheese, doing my thing, but also like trying to figure out what can I get from this? Like, what can I learn? So one thing I ended up doing was I struck a deal and I had a little barter with the woman who sold hummus next to me and she used to apparently love the blue cheese. I don't know why that's an unpopular opinion, but she said that she and her daughter loved blue cheese. So I used to give her a big hunk of it was like an eight ounce block of Point Reyes um, Bay Blue blue cheese in exchange for three dips. So I was getting my classic white spicy, spicy dip. And then I actually, I think it's a white garlic dip if I'm, if I'm correct. But, and then I would get um, like probably like a red pepper hummus and then finish it off with a tzatziki maybe. But I, I also love Greek food. I'm just a foodie through and through. So Okay, so I was working at the farmer's market, right, for months and months and networking and trying to talk to as many people and figuring out how to position myself and market myself as like a cheese board company, but also we're selling cheese, whatever. At some point along the way, I met somebody who worked on Jessica Alba's team. And because of that conversation that I had at the Malibu farmer's market, Jessica Alba, when the Honest Company went public, decided to not only hire my company to do a cheese board for that, but she also shouted us out as one of her favorite small businesses on Small Business Saturday, made a whole dedicated post to it. And sure enough, Sophia Vergara found us from that post. So some might say that the Malibu Farmer's Market was a failure. I'm going to write it off as a success. I think I learned so much about it. I met Sophia through this 
And yeah, I also, it's one of my fondest memories of the business. It's really, it's a funny, I have so many funny stories about it. So I could literally make a whole episode about that. It was, it was a great time. Moving on to another failure of the business. So in summer of 2021, I had this grand idea that I felt like we were, we were meant to be on Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. And I was like doing all of the possible research I could to get a commercial kitchen or like get a ghost kitchen and work on Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket. If you're not familiar, it's a very, very expensive net high net worth island um, in off of the coast of like Massachusetts. There's two islands. Nantucket's one, Martha's Vineyard's the other. I'd spent most of my summers growing up on Martha's Vineyard. Like we'd rent a house there and whatnot. And then I also started volunteering at Camp Jabberwocky there. So good times. But anyway, I I ended up finding a connection on Nantucket and lived there the entire summer. So about a month into me living there, Hinkley Yachts, which if you're familiar, Hinkley's like a really nice boating company. They make these beautiful like wooden boats. And um, they were having their like annual Hinkley owners party on Nantucket. So it was for like 80 people who owned a Hinkley, which again, high net worth population, right? So anyway, these people are coming in from all over. It's like a four day event. And my cheese board was going to be one of the event, like on one of the event days. So anyway, naturally I'm like, okay, yes, I'll do it. So I charge them. I get the invoice all paid, all squared up, right? And it's actually my sister and I doing this event. So for context, I am working for this family on Nantucket and I'm driving this um, minivan the entire summer. I was a little minivan mom. So I filled the minivan with all of the stuff for the event. These people tell me the party starts at four o'clock, right? So I'm like, okay, so we show up at one thirty, two o'clock ish and I've got my car already. I told them weeks in advance what time I would be arriving, confirmed the day before, hi, we're going to be arriving at one thirty or two o'clock. And so sure enough, day of the event, I show up, I'm in my car, in the minivan, in Nantucket, in this crowded ass parking lot, trying to find parking to then load all of my stuff over to where the event is. And I'm like, looking at the address that she sent me. And I'm like, oh, this is like a dock. Like we are on a dock on, if you're familiar with the East Coast and Nantucket, like there's just stores that are like right on the water. And it was in one of these like stores right on the water. So I'm like, great, wonderful. So I have to find parking and I start hauling my stuff out of this minivan down this dock, hoping I don't fall in the water carrying all this stuff. And also not to mention, it's like 85 degrees out and humid. So I'm like, wonderful. This is really, really a great situation. And anyway, so we, I'm texting this woman and I'm like, hi, which building is yours? Cause there's a bunch of different little store shop things and I can't tell which one's hers. She's like, hi, we're not ready yet. Can you come back in an hour? And I was like, actually, no, like I can't, like I need to set up the grazing table right now. First of all, it's 85 degrees out. Second of all, you told me to come at one thirty or two and it's two o'clock. Like, no, I need to be here. And then she was like, oh, like you can just come back in like an hour. And I was like, okay, well, can we like drop everything off and put it inside an air conditioned facility? And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So anyway, I'm so finally she gives me after 15 minutes of going back and forth she finally gives me what room she's in and what address and everything so then we finally find the place and I'm like hi and she's like you know what it's fine you guys can just set up like just start setting up and I'm like okay okay great so I go and my sister and I are setting this up right and she has this 
large table. It's like an eight foot table, right? So we're setting up this table inside. There's like you go off the dock up two stairs, like just one, two, and then you're inside this air conditioner. So we're setting up the table. Things are going well. And we arrived at two by three thirty, three forty five. We're like done, right? Like it's all good. Anyway, so she I, I'm like trying to get her attention and I'm like, hi, like I just wanted to let you know we just finished the table. We're going to start packing up and bringing everything to our car, you know, and she's like, oh, OK, so like how? And then she goes, how would you recommend we move this? And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, yeah, we, the, the event's outside um, and it doesn't start until six o'clock. I'm sitting there. It's three thirty. It is three thirty p.m. She has told me, she told me that the event started at four. Turns out people aren't even arriving until 5.45 or 6 o'clock. So I'm just sitting there in this kitchen, like trying to conceal the fact that I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not even going to last that long. Like, why would you do this? And then also, how am I supposed to move an eight foot grazing table outside after it's already been built? So I'm like, okay, um, you know what? My sister and I will just come back at 5.30 and we'll move it outside because I really don't want this to fall everywhere and like no offense she didn't look like she knew what she was doing so I was like I would rather just make sure that it all works out so once again me overextending myself for a situation so anyway I literally grab this entire we come back at 5.30 we come and grab this grazing table we move it outside and sure enough it's like 85 degrees the sun is shining like as bright as it possibly can it the whole event was a complete nightmare so um people ended up I think liking it did not get hired again and also like she kind of was oh and then she lost our custom cone stands that was really great so all of our custom cone stands because it was a half grazing table half custom cones we had brought them from California to Nantucket for the summer she lost all three of them so that was really great because I wasn't able to buy any new ones while I was there. And um, so, yeah, so shout out to Hinkley Yachts. That was a horrific experience. <laughs> I'm coming for names with this episode. Here is an crazy. This is probably one of our highest success stories from the business thus far. Here's what happened. Basically, I get an inquiry probably three months into the business. I'm 19 years old and it's from this person who's asking for 200 custom cheese board boxes. And I'm like oh, wonderful. Like they sent an email. So I'm like, I respond. I'm like, let's hop on a call. Right. And they're like, okay, so it would be up in Northern California. Is that a problem? And I was like, hmm, $200, $100 box. No, it's that's not a problem. Like we can do that. No, totally fine. Because in my mind, I'm like, this is a $20,000 order. And if we can pop this off and if we can do this, then we can do anything. So like, let's take it on. Let's take on the challenge. So they're like, okay, like now this is like probably November 10th maybe. And they're like, okay, so this would be week of Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, okay. So like next week. And they're like, yeah, like next Monday or Tuesday, if you could do this. And I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And I was like, so we'll just need a deposit of 50%. And they're like, okay, great. So we get the deposit and I'm like, oh shit, we're locked and loaded. We got to make this happen. So now I start freaking out. I'm like, first of all, at this point, we weren't even, we didn't even have a facility that we were making these cheese boards out of. So I'm like, how the heck are we going to be making 200 cheese board boxes? Like, that's insane. Okay, so then I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is actually crazy bananas. How are we going to do this? I have this harebrained idea. I reach out to my elementary school principal. Okay, it's a new principal. I reach out to her and I'm like, hi, I explained the situation And I'm like, I know it's COVID. I know that kids are not in classes. Like, so I'm like, pretty, pretty, please. Can we use 
the multi-purpose room to set up all of our cheese board boxes and build them over the course of 12 hours. It's going to be on like, I think it was on a Monday morning. And because it was COVID, kids were like only in the classrooms, but they would go home and have lunch. So the multi-purpose room was not even being used ever. And so I'm like, also shout out to my elementary school because this was definitely not above board. But anyway, so I'm like, I reach out to them and she goes, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's make it happen. So she puts me in touch with the custodian and I'm like, custodian, I'm going to need to be here at four o'clock in the morning. We're going to be leaving at midnight. I'm going to be coming back the next morning at four o'clock in the morning. It's going to be a crazy whirlwind of a day. And he's like, okay, yeah, no problem. And he was, and I was like, do you like, how much do you want to be paid? Like everything. And he was like, no, no, I don't need payment. And he was like, but if I could just get a charcuterie board, that would be great. My little Italian king, Papa, he just wanted a little charcuterie board. So, of course, we we hooked him up with that. But anyway, so now I, I'm like, okay, I figured out where we're going to build the boards. Now I have to figure out who's going to help me build the boards. Okay, so here's my other harebrained idea. I basically start reaching out to all of these kids I know who are back in PV. They are like either not in school or they're, or they're like doing COVID school. So it's all online. So it's like perfect situation, right? So anyway, I'm like... I'll pay you X amount if you show up at 8 a.m. and you build boards until we're done, probably around 8 p.m. And sure enough, I got like 10 people who said yes. So it was a team of a lot of us, right? And my dad ended up being there. My cousin, who I was running the business with, was there. And then we had all of our little employees, like all of these high schoolers who had never made a charcuterie board in their life. And I was like, this is going to be great. We had a little assembly line set up. Okay, so this is the other part that I figured out. Now, the last part, the most important part. How the heck are we going to get 200 cheese board boxes from LA up to Northern California? So this is where the harebrained idea comes in. The, the most harebrained out of all of them. So I end up coming up with this idea to call this guy that I went to high school with. He is probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. He won the International Science Fair. He is a good friend of mine from high school and just is like actually brilliant. He has worked at Google. He's worked at Apple. Like at that, at that time he hadn't worked at any of those places. Um, and he and I worked on high school political campaigns back in the day. So we used to run, like we created an entire political campaign for our local congressman to win, um, PV like Congress. And, um, she didn't end up winning, but he and I had a lot of fun doing it. So I call Anton up. Also he goes to Stanford, right? So, I call Anton up on the phone and I'm like, hey, I've got a proposition for you. I'll pay you X amount of money. You need to help me drive 200 charcuterie boards up the coast of California from LA to San Jose. They need to arrive at 8 a.m. on, you know, whatever, whatever day it was. Are you in? And he was like, absolutely, let's do it. And so that was like, that was when he said yes, I was like, thank God, because he was like, the level of calm that I needed to complete this, that was Anton. Like he was just my grounding anchor. So anyway, sure enough, he shows up at my house the next day with a measuring tape. He starts measuring the back of my dad's car to figure out the volume and if 200 charcuterie boards would even fit inside of his huge Ford expedition or if we were going to need to rent a U-Haul. So that was like actually insane. And then we ended up literally... Everything went off without a hitch. We got all of the like supplies from the farmer's market. I struck a deal with all these local farmers and I started ordering like 40 pounds of grapes, 40 pounds of like, it was insane. Anyway, so we make the boxes, that all goes well. 
Anton and I wake up at like 3.30 in the morning. We go to Silversburg. We pick up all the cheese board boxes. We fill up our car and then we drive from LA to San Jose and we deliver all of the cheese boards. And it was like a huge success. Everyone at the company started like tagging us on Instagram. They were so happy. And it was just one of those pinch me moments where I was like, damn, like we can do this. Like if we set our minds to it, like it just, it's just, you know, it's, it's possible. It's all possible. So yeah, that was pretty, that was an insane moment as well. Um, for sure, a huge success and it was amazing. Okay. The next one that I would like to share is definitely, I would say it's a success, but it's kind of a failure and it's just like a funny story. So in the beginning of the business, it was my cousin and I doing it. And then my cousin ended up having to step out after about three and a half months. So then it was just me. And I had gotten this inquiry for a wedding that was in like inland California. So it was like two hours, it was probably an hour and a half away from me, like closer to Riverside, right? And it was for this gal. She reached out. She's like, I'm getting married. I'd love a grazing table. So I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. So anyway, she reaches out. I'm, you know, sends me the specs of what the event would be. So she's like, you know, it's going to be a hundred people. Maybe it was 150 people actually. And here's the day it is. Here's where it is. And then here's the time of the event. So I'm like, okay, wonderful. Let me just need a 50% deposit. Like, let me know if you have any other questions, you know, otherwise we should be good to go. And I had sent her our menu and there's on the menu, there's like grazing table, appetizer portion, grazing table, full like meal replacement where we have like sandwiches and all that sort of stuff. So sure enough, this girl selects like just the bare, you know, the appetizer portion. So I'm like, Hey dad, I have this grazing table. It was one of the first ones I'd ever done. I was like, do you think that you would be able to help me out and do this event with me? And he was like, sure, like no problem. So he and I cruise up to like middle of nowhere Riverside. We plug in the address. The address is in like a very residential neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, like, I wonder, is this a backyard wedding? It must be, right? I very quickly realized that this is a backyard wedding in the sense that the tables for the wedding are right next to the dance floor, which is right next to the aisle that the bride will be walking down, which is right next to our table that we're setting up on the grazing table. Like, it was all in one space. It wasn't like you were going to do the reception and then walk over to where the dinner was being had. Like, no, this was all in one area. So I'm like, oh, okay, like, no worries. So we start setting up at three o'clock or so, right? Because that's, she said, it starts at five. So if you could come at three o'clock and I was like, okay, that works because we only need two hours, right? So I'm like thinking people are going to be eating the cheese board at five o'clock. So anyway, sure enough, I start setting up this grazing table with my dad. Things are about 30 minutes into us setting this up. Somebody comes up to us and it's not, it's not the wedding planner because there is no wedding planner. It's the bride's aunt. And she comes up to me and she goes, Hey, by the way, um, the bride's going to be coming through here in a few minutes. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, guests are going to be arriving. And so the bride will be walking down the aisle in about 15 to 20 minutes. I was like, Oh, okay. Like right, right through here. And she was like, "Mm -hmm," like right behind where you're standing. So sure enough, we were like literally inches away from where the aisle was. And like, as we're setting up this entire grazing table, about five minutes later, all the guests start arriving. They start pouring in, right? And they're all taking their seats. So I'm like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. We're freaking out. We start like rapid firing on this grazing table. It was actually insane, unreal. So we set up this entire spread 
And as, and the bride is literally walking down the aisle right in front of us. Like, I kid you not, I'm putting almonds on this grazing table and I look over to my right and like, there she is. Like, just walking down the aisle, she like gives a little wave to me. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Anyway, so that was like super funny. It was just like, it was a good experience. But then I find out that she did not hire any other caterer. So we were the only people at this wedding for a hundred people and she thought that we were going to be enough for an entire meal. So you you best believe I started pulling out the tricks. I was like refilling, rapid fire refilling the grazing table because they decided to go through it like a buffet. So immediately like everything's being demolished like one tray after the other. I ended up staying at that event until like probably 9.30 or 10 p.m. refilling and just making sure that the grazing table was a good display. Because at the time, you know, I'm like beginning my business I don't want this to be like a bad reputation moment if this was me now I'd probably be like oh sorry like you know you you didn't pay for that so like we're not gonna sit here and refill for 10 hours but um I I was feeling generous in the moment but anyway that was a crazy moment is that a success is that a failure I don't know but it did get 9 million views on TikTok when I told the story so love to hear it You guys asked for the successes and failures, and I've just been literally going in on the failures. I think that it's kind of funny. But if you guys want more podcasts about success, I am happy to do that. I will do anything you want. So just let me know. Um, But I thought that that was kind of funny. So anyway, um, here we go. So one of our biggest mistakes in the business is forgetting things. I am a very forgetful and disorganized person. I'll admit it myself first. And sure enough, like literally, I... I swear to God, the amount of times that we've gotten to an event and we've been like, oh my God, I forgot the croissants. Oh my God, I forgot the baguettes. Um, Probably the worst, this is the worst case of that, okay? So we got hired for this insane grazing table up in Napa Valley, right? And it was like, it was beautiful, it was stunning. It was a huge, huge 15 or 20 foot grazing table. So my dad and I had prepped the entire day before, like pomegranates, grapefruits, all of these different like strawberries, blackberries, washed all of them, put them in their containers. We were like set and ready to go. And we had these them in these cooler bags from Trader Joe's because that's what we transfer all of our grazing table stuff in, right? So anyway, sure enough, I'm like packing up, putting it all in the fridge the night before. We're leaving at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning the next morning to head up so for the wedding that is the next day. So my dad is doing something. So I'm the one who's loading the car in the morning at 530 in the morning. I'm throwing all of these Trader Joe's bags into the car, just like kind of haphazardly, right? Filling, putting all of our tubs in the car, whatever. We get all the way up to Napa Valley. We arrive at the event space. It's a beautiful, beautiful winery. We start unloading the car. We start setting up the grazing table. It's just my dad and I, and mind you, we, it's a 15 foot table. So like in any other world in LA, there would be three of us doing it, but because we were all the way in Napa Valley, it was just the two of us. And we were like, screw it, like whatever, we'll do it. So anyway, we start setting up the grazing table and my dad's like, Emmy, like, do you know where, where are the, where are the strawberries? Like where are the blueberries? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And he was like, well, they're not here. And I was like, okay, like, you mean, like, none of it? And he was like, no, like, I can't find it. So then I'm like, well, why don't you go back out to the car? And I'm trying to keep my cool because, like, this is a beautiful grazing table and we cannot afford to screw this up. He looks at me, like, I can see him from where I'm setting up the grazing table. There's a direct view to where the car is. 
and I and there there's glass doors, right? And he just looks at me and he shakes his head and he comes in and he just shakes his head again. We just start cracking up. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, Thank God it's not the cheese and meats. <laughs> and if that doesn't tell you everything about our business, then I don't know what does. Because I think that it's so easy to get really frustrated when you forget things. Like, take it from me. I've literally forgotten the baguettes. I've forgotten everything. Like, I've I've done it all. And it's just, it's so much easier to get angry. But it's so much better to just laugh it off and then figure it out. Like, I always tell people I let myself have, like, 10 seconds of, like, panic. And then I laugh it off. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to figure it out. And sure enough, nobody even noticed. We had more than enough stuff to fill the grazing table. It was totally fine, but it was just such a funny moment of like, oh shit, like we're, we're in deep trouble here. And of course it was my dad and I, and also this is, here's a learning lesson from this, make a grazing table packing list. That's what I did. And it's been a lifesaver for me. I literally never forget anything anymore. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been huge. And also I think that another piece of advice here is you want to be in business with somebody who you can laugh with. And like, if you're not laughing at your mistakes, And then also like evaluating and figuring out how to do better then you're in the wrong business. Because I think that like my dad and I, that's why we're such a good team together is because he and I do laugh things off and we have like a good time with it. And it's just, it's so important. Like I can't emphasize that enough. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was like fun and funny and also educational maybe. Um, But here are some universal truths that I hope that you take away from this. Number one, social media is not a real depiction of life. So if you see a lot of people and business owners that are like, oh my God, it's so easy. I love my like job, like whatever. There's so much stuff going on behind the scenes. And this is just like a glimpse into that. And number two, um, as I just said, a sense of humor helps with anything. So find people who keep you anchored when shit goes wrong because you're going to need that. Um, and it's so important. And then also number three, as I started off the pod, just don't be afraid of failure. I think that it's so important to just embrace it. And maybe if you have to redefine what failure means to you, then that's important too. But anyway, yeah, that's all for episode four. I'm going to be releasing a lot more podcasts while I'm here in Paris. It's easier for me to film. I have more time on my hands. So please let me know. Send me an Instagram direct message if you have any ideas for what I should be making episodes on. And also maybe if you want like a podcast while I'm in Europe, like if there's anyone that you can think of. And I already have a few in my back pocket that I'm going to try to interview. So we'll see. But love you guys so, so, so much. And yeah, XOXO from Emmy in Paris. I love you guys. I will see you on episode five.